I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, episode 25. Be proactive, not reactive. Ready, set, glow. Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let yourself shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Hello there. This topic today is a good one. If you're like me and you've had a few months home with your kiddos this summer, you've been put into countless situations where you've been challenged on this. So in June, we as a family went to Europe, which is actually a dream I've had since I even had children. I always had this idea of taking all my family to Europe and just experiencing this together. And as you know, this is there was nine of us. That's that's a lot of people. And we ended up renting a nine-passenger van and it, it was quite an adventure. But along the way, we got into this discussion about being proactive, not reactive. So now it's kind of become a bit of a family motto because That's not always the way we handle problems, especially within a family dynamic. So really, what is the difference between being proactive and not reactive? I mean, it's pretty elementary, right? But I'll just kind of go over it for the sake of conversation here. So being proactive means just taking responsibility of your life and the actions that you take. And rather than just waiting or watching to see how things turn out, And of course, being reactive is just reacting without being mindful or taking responsibility. And this is really one of the most important elements that I teach in the Let It Go Method. It's really about the power of choice and getting out of your own way because you do have a choice regardless of the situation, how you handle it. I love the imagery of being an agent, not an object. And really, why why is it important to be proactive? Really, it's, it's the difference between having the power how you handle your situation or just letting it happen and not really having any power over the outcome. And so this, for me, in so many ways, has enhanced the relationships within my family and the way I respond to people. So today, I thought I would break it down for you into some steps and give you some examples of how you can do this. So... I just remember, you know, as a as a young newlywed and even probably not that that long ago that I would read a self-help book or I'd listen to a talk at church and I would think to myself, "Hmm, Talon really needs this. I hope he's reading this or I hope he's listening to this talk." I lived in a world of being reactive, waiting for him to change or other things to change so that I could be happy. And I'm positive that I wasted a lot of energy focusing on that and, and not taking in the information that was very helpful and would have been, you know, help me be more proactive and have more joy in my life. So really being proactive means fixing you. And it means looking for solutions, not waiting for someone else to do it for you or to fix it for you. And this is a big one for me. I, I cannot, the blame game is something that just drives me crazy. And if you have kids and even in your relationships or in your marriage, it's always like, well, she did it or he, 
he made me mad, or it's her fault, it's not my fault, and all of that stuff. And it just is about the blame game. Well, the blame game is the exact opposite of being proactive. And when our family kind of falls into that trap, I'm always like, "Uh uh-uh, time out. We are not doing the blame game. It solves nothing and it changes nothing. And so today I want to just give you some kind of real life examples. And since this kind of evolved on our trip to Europe, I thought I would use some examples in traveling that I've had to deal with recently that kind of tested me and our family or those that I was with on the subject. Because you know, if you've traveled, one thing you can count on is things going wrong. So back in March on spring break, we went down to Cancun as a family. And it was just a wonderful time. And a lot of times when I go to the beach, I spend most of the day under an umbrella. I don't always get in the water, but Cancun's water is so warm, it's just hard to resist. When it's Newport, it's easier for me not to dip my toes in or to get wet because it's cold. So I I put sunscreen on in the morning and I didn't reapply. I didn't, I wasn't proactive. So as the day went along, I was just loving life. I was in my beach chair, getting in the water, just enjoying myself. But meanwhile, I was getting fried and I didn't even feel it. And so that night, I knew I was in trouble. And before long, my my sunburn, I mean, it was the worst sunburn I've ever had. It was so bad that like my legs were like, were completely swollen. And if I would stand up, the nerve damage from the sunburn, I, it would just, it, I passed out in pain. Like it was terrible. And so this is an easy one. Well, I could have avoided all of this by being proactive and staying in the shade more, reapplying sunblock, obvious, but sometimes we don't. And so in, in Instead, I ended up having to be reactive, putting on aloe vera gel. And then it was time to go zip lining and do all these fun things. And I had to just kind of, I'm not going to miss out. I'm going to do everything. But I was in a lot of pain and I did not feel good. I mean, if I'd have been at home, I'd have been in bed for days because it was miserable. So just to kind of keep that perspective of proactive means preventing crisis. And I could have done that by being more mindful with taking care of myself in the sun, sunscreen, staying in the shade. So that was an example where I wasn't proactive. So then not long before that, I was in Portugal with a dear friend, Bernice, and we rented a car in Lisbon. And about three hours from Lisbon is this amazing town on the water, this little village. It's like multicolored buildings. It's just magical. I love it. And we were just having the time of our lives. We had this beautiful room overlooking the river. And we were just in little La La Land enjoying this little magical place that we had found. Well, we were on a little tuk-tuk tour. And the, the guide mentioned to us that there was this, this strike, like this diesel gas strike. And didn't really occur to us right away. But as the day went along and we'd been driving around the, little, the area, there were just these long lines at the gas stations. And we just couldn't figure it out. Well, by the time we figured it out, it was a little bit late because the gas strike had been going on for a couple days. (laughs) And like I said, we were in La La Land. And we're three hours away. And it is the night before our flight is to leave. And so at this point, we had the opportunity to be proactive or reactive. And in this situation, we actually were able to find a solution. Because initially, we called the rental car company 
And we were like, can we just leave the car here and then we'll take a train to Lisbon? Because we couldn't miss our flight. It was right before Easter weekend. I had a wedding to go to of one of my dear friend's sons. I wanted to get home. My friend wanted to get home. Like it wasn't an option to stay longer in Porto, which in an ideal time, I might have milked that and stayed longer, but it just wasn't the time. So the rental car company was zero help. Sorry, you're out of luck. Your contract says it has to be back today. I'm like, well, do you understand there is no gas like anywhere here? And we had called around at different gas stations and they were no help. So what I ended up doing is calling the the sister company to this rental car company that was in Porto. And I found this nice man. His name, I believe, was Geraldo. I could have that wrong, but let's just go with that. And he took it upon himself, and it was after hours, to go around and find us a gas station. So we ended up having to drive an hour out of the way to get gas. But ultimately, the next day, we made it back to the rental car company and on our flight. So had we just left it up to, well, we're out of luck, the rental car company wasn't helping us, we would have still probably been in Porto and it would have just, it just would have not have gone well. And so in this situation, we found a solution. And that's one of the important things about being proactive is not dwelling on what you can't fix, focusing on what is, and then moving towards finding a solution and then taking action. And I'll, and I'll go into that a little bit more later in the podcast. So (laughs) in that situation, I felt like we took a situation that was a crisis and we figured it out. We found a solution. So fast forward to this summer on the same trip where I told you we had this fabulous conversation about being proactive, not reactive. And it's probably because our trip started out with a bang and not in a good way. So my husband, you know, we just had got him all new clothes, new luggage. I mean, he was set to go for this trip. And he was the designated driver in France because it was manual and we're in France and little villages, small streets, hard parking. I mean, I didn't even bother putting my name on the the rental agreement because I knew my limits. I did not want to drive there. So we went to pick up the van at the airport, came back to pick everybody up. And I think, you know, he'd made a blanket statement like, hey, somebody grab my suitcase. Well, we leave, we go to the, you know, to the, the museum that night. We go to the Louvre. We get back to our Airbnb and his luggage is missing. And I have to do a little side note here. This is kind of funny because at first we thought it was Clover's luggage. And I was really worried because, I, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to, to find her cute clothes. And I just had had this, you know, imagined her being in Europe with all these cute little outfits and it was just silly. But when I found out that it was Talon's luggage that was missing, secretly I was kind of relieved. But as it turns out, that was not the best scenario because trying to fit a man in Paris that's American is very hard because as it turns out, he went to the airport the next morning at four and was there like most of the day and his luggage was just gone. Like we never saw it again. We even tried on the the way back, you know, when we were returning back to the States and it it just, it it, it disappeared. We We never found it again. And so what that ended up causing by not being more proactive instead of just, you know, assuming that someone had the luggage, just making sure that we had it, being very, you know, clear about that. And again, it's this, we're not playing the blame game here. And that's kind of what happened. That's why I kind of started with that. It was like, why did you get my luggage? I'm driving the van. I get it. It was, it was just all around, just kind of a bummer. But in this situation, a little more proactivity could have helped avoid a lot of headache because then we ended up I ended up spending 
a good portion of our day in Paris trying to find him new clothes for, that was going to last him for two weeks. And he ended up missing going to the top of the Eiffel Tower, going on some of our tours, and it was just kind of a bummer. So I hope you're kind of getting a feel here of taking time before it turns into a crisis to avoid more time later, if that makes sense. And so, I mean, I could go on and on here. Just, just recently, we were going to Chicago. It was our anniversary. I had booked the flights. We decided to do red-eye flight because I didn't want to be gone so long from the kids, and it would just save us a night of hotel, you know, paying for a hotel. And so we were leaving on the 18th, Thursday, and so I saw this flight that it was at 12.03 a.m. I'm like, cool, we'll do a red-eye flight. We'll get, you know, into Chicago on Friday morning, and then we'll just spend the day kind of touring, and we can come back and take a nap, whatever, kind of get, you know, catch up on our Zs. But I didn't really factor into the to that 12.03 was actually that Wednesday like night, or basically early Thursday morning. And so Wednesday night, I had taken a group of ladies to a movie, and I was just having a good night. I kept getting this text that my flight was delayed, and I just kept ignoring it because I'm like, my flight's tomorrow night. Somebody, they have a mistake. They made the mistake, not me. So we get home from the movie, and I'm and Talon's out doing some stuff, and it's 10 o'clock by now. And it, it hits me all of a sudden that, oh my gosh, what I had done. My flight did leave that night. In fact, the red-eye flight was leaving in like two hours. And we hadn't packed, and and my husband hadn't planned. You know, he had a whole day the next day getting things prepped for work, and had appointments. I had appointments. I mean, I didn't have Clover figured out. I didn't have her puppy figured out. It was just, it was chaos, and we did not handle it as well as I would like to think we could have. We're not robots. We still have these kind of. I wouldn't call it a meltdown, but it, it was just high stress. But the good news is we eventually were able to make some arrangements really quickly, get packed, because I had tried to change the flight to the next night, and it was going to cost us like $1,000. I'm like, no, we are not doing that. So we got to Chicago, you know, made our flights, and I'm in, in the end, it actually turned out great because we were able to hit a Chicago Cubs game and do all these things that we wouldn't have been able to do because we had an entire extra day in Chicago. So... These are just some kind of silly examples, but I hope I'm painting the picture here of the difference between being proactive and reactive. And when we don't really have a plan or when we just react and don't really think things through, it's when it causes more chaos. So I'm just going to give you four simple questions to ask yourself when you're faced with a crisis. And hopefully these will help you to be more proactive, not reactive. Because really, when you become reactive, typically it does not end well. And as you've heard in some of these situations, exactly how that can be. So question number one I want you to ask yourself, will this matter in a month? We treat crises as if it's the, the end of the world or that it's, you know, make, we make them bigger than they need to be. So ask yourself that question, will this matter in a month? of things won't. There's that small percentage that real crises do have long-lasting pain. But most of the things that you'll be dealing with do not fall into that 1% category. Question number two, how do I handle this without harming relationships? Remember the blame game. It never benefits anyone when you get into the blaming. It doesn't solve the problem, and it just wastes time that you could be spending on finding a solution. 
I love the quote by Thomas S. Monson, and this is a great time to plug it in again, but never let a problem to be solved become more important than a person to be loved. So again, when you get into the blame game and you start pointing fingers, it just hurts relationships and it projects shame and guilt. So avoid that at all cost. So number three, do I need a timeout? So often we think when there's a crisis that we have to handle it right now, which seems kind of counterintuitive to like being proactive. But being proactive doesn't mean making a rash, impulsive decision. It just means taking smart action. So I would suggest that you take a breather so that you can make a more rational decision. Number four, how can I be proactive in handling the situation? So once you've kind of asked yourself these questions, then you can move towards being proactive. Because, you know, sometimes crises can be averted, but, you know, when they hit, you have to do something and being proactive can help us respond differently. So take a minute to think things through. Then you can apply these three simple steps. So number one, focus on what is. Don't waste energy on what you can't fix. Seriously, we end up wasting more time on what we can't even fix and actually finding a solution and being productive. I love this quote by Coco Chanel. Don't spend time beating on a wall hoping to transform it into a door. Well, there you go. So once we can you know, focus on what we can fix, it can help us to take the next step, number two, finding a solution. And once we have a solution, the third step is to take action. Not to freeze, but to take action. And obviously the word active is in proactive, so it is taking action, but like I said earlier, smart action. And again, it's just a reminder that we all have a choice in how we respond to a crisis. And you definitely can cause more suffering by how you respond. So the question I want to ask you again is, do you want to be proactive or reactive? I want you to stop and take a moment and think of a time recently where you were more reactive than than proactive. I can think of an example off the top of my head yesterday with our dog who's potty training and I reacted to her having an accident in the house. It did not make me happy. I did not. I wasn't being proactive in keeping her in the area where she's supposed to be. It was a problem. And in the end, I ended up not feeling that great. So really, how do you feel when you're reactive? You don't feel great and it doesn't typically bring you closer to the outcome that you want. Because when you react, you create a divide in your relationships, you create contention, and you just create more um, angst for yourself. So then I want you to think about a time that you handled the situation and you were more proactive in a crisis than reactive or into a stressful situation. And in both of these, I want you to think about if you had implemented, or if you did implement kind of those questions that I'd asked, how that could help you avoid or how it helped you avoid the negative outcome. And then also, I want you to think about in both of those situations, if you follow the three simple steps to focus on what is, find a solution, take action. Because I can promise you, you will have a better outcome if you do the latter. So I'm just going to do one last little scenario that just happened recently. And I'm going to tell you how I handled it. And it, it ended okay, but it was a little bumpy because these situations aren't always just cut and dry when we're dealing with a little bit of chaos, we're dealing with other people. 
And right now I have, you know, as my son is getting ready to go to college, so he's transitioning from like the role of being my child to an adult. He's actually been transitioning for a while to that, obviously, but it's not for the faint of heart, this whole evolution. And so just in the last few weeks, we've, you know, we've been out of town a lot to be fair, but it was now, you know, middle of July and he still hadn't sent out his graduation thank you cards. And I'm big on thank you cards, but to be clear, he was on board for this. Like I'm past like forcing my kids or forcing people to do things, but he understood the value in showing gratitude for the the gifts that he had received. So this wasn't a matter of him not wanting to do it. It was just, he hadn't done it yet. So in my mind, he wasn't being proactive. So I decided to be reactive because that always helps, right? (laughs) And I caught myself kind of feeling my blood boiling and and just, it, it wasn't getting the outcome that really we both wanted, which was to get the thank you cards done. So as the topic came up and I could feel my blood starting to boil and I started getting into that mom mode of just like, you know, I made this so easy for you. I bought you the cards. I helped you organize your list. I mean, seriously, all you have to do is just sit down and write out the cards. And he definitely had time on his hands because it's summertime and, you know, he's been working out and doing different things, but there was time. So I'm just going to kind of walk through these four questions that will apply to this situation. So first of all, first question is, will this matter in a month? No. Thank you cards are not the end of the world. I'm sure most people by now have already forgotten about it. They probably didn't even keep track of who sent thank you cards and who didn't. It doesn't matter. So take the edge off what you can take the edge off of. Because really, when we add more suffering, more pressure onto a situation, it doesn't fix the situation. So no, this will not matter in a month. How do I handle this without harming relationships? Hmm. Yes. Well, I could see where this was going, where I started to get angry and then you start kind of snowballing and, you know, but I, I, I pulled back. I didn't want this to be something that created a wedge. It wasn't necessary, but that is something I had to think about because I wanted it done. And do I need a timeout? I kind of needed a timeout. I needed to step away and just regroup because it, this easily could have turned into like a disagreement slash argument, whatever you want to call it. It could have turned into that. And then finally, how can I be proactive in handling the situation? And the chatter in my head, the second circle, it was like, well, I'd already helped him. I bought him the, you know, all those things I already mentioned. But the bottom line is he hadn't done the cards yet. It wasn't working. So let's, let's work together to come up with a plan. So now that I'd kind of cleared my head, I could move towards being proactive. You know, you don't want to put the cart before the horse. So again, these three steps, I focused on what is, and I didn't waste energy on all those things that I was, you know, all those things that were going on in my head. And then we worked together to find a solution because ultimately he wanted to do the thank you cards, but it was his responsibility. So it was really up to him with my, you know, if he needed my help to get this done. So the third thing that we did is, you know, the action that we took was he wrote the thank you cards, he addressed them, and I stamped the return address and put on the postage. It was a, it was a great, you know, we figured it out together. And so in the end, we were able to be proactive, not reactive, and we actually had the outcome that we both wanted, which was to get the thank you cards done. We put them in the mail. I think that was two days ago, literally, and now they're gone. And I'm just happy to have that done. And really, so was he. 
So really being proactive is essential to getting out of your own way. And again, that's one of those you know topics that are in that I talk about in the Let It Glow method. One of the, the first topic, actually, the first key to get glowing. And as we look at the, all these different scenarios, we want to focus on the outcome that we want. It's really vital that we do that because so often when we react, even if we get what we want, there's always a loss when there's anger, when there's contention, when there's coercion, when there's shame, when there's guilt, when there's all those things that come with reacting and demanding a, you know, a solution. So I just want to, again, just give you the challenge, especially as kids are getting to, you know, ready to go back to school and, you know, there's a lot going on here, to stop and think about these four questions. And I'm just going to repeat them one more time just to make sure because I, this can help you avoid disaster and disconnect and, and, and drama. Number one, will this matter in a month? Number two, how do I handle this without harming relationships? Number three, do I need a timeout? Number four, how can I be proactive in handling this situation? And only if and when you do those are you ready to move forward to be proactive, which is number one, focusing on what is, not what isn't. Number two, finding a solution. And number three, taking action. And so I'm going to throw in a little shameless plug here because I have the Let It Glow Ranch Retreat coming up September 5th. So I'm going to challenge you to be proactive and sign up today. All the details are on my Instagram or on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. You do not want to miss out on this. I've taken this ranch retreat and I've kind of redesigned it and added some things and it's just going to be incredible. And it's an opportunity to really take time to, to learn new principles and how to implement them and how just to have profound, deep self-discovery and a beautiful location and meeting new people along the way. So it's a great opportunity. So check that out and remember the challenge to be proactive, not reactive. And thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.